This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So this is a tricky time for all investors, but even for value. And while I've been saying for a while now here in 2022 that there's plenty of value stocks out there, because there are, it gets a little tricky in terms of what is a true value, because we're starting to get some of the earnings estimates and guidance cuts that are expected when the Fed is tightening rates and trying to slow the economy. So those are starting to come in now. So as you get the earnings decline, some stocks may appear cheap on a PE basis or even a price to sales basis, and they may end up not being all that cheap. This is the value trap scenario we've talked about many times. But when the earnings are being slashed like this, it becomes very difficult to pick out the true values and maybe even, um, you know, what what is actually cheap out there. So I was watching uh, the tickers just this week, and I like to watch the after hours action because we're in earnings season and there's a lot of good earnings reports. And I kept seeing this ticker at the bottom of CNBC going by on a company that I do follow, but I I don't follow it like every day. And I wasn't looking at it on this particular day. And it was Olaplex, the hair care company, ticker OLPX is that ticker. And they only went IPO in 2021. You might be familiar with them if you care about prestige beauty products because they have a special shampoo and conditioners and just hair care system that is very popular right now. And you can buy it on their site. A lot of professional uh, in the in the beauty industries, the professionals at the salons use this product and then it has also expanded into Sephora and Ulta, or at least two of the retailers you can get it at now. And things have been going swimmingly for Olaplex. Since their IPO, they've been doing what they expected to do, grow earnings by the double digits, grow uh, sales by the double digits. And they actually were earnings positive when they went IPO, which is why I was interested in them because that's kind of a rare event, right? Especially in 2021 with all those SPACs and everything else going on, uh, companies that made no money, this one does. And it has the high margins in the beauty industry. You tend to get that, but they came out with a uh, guidance warning as I was looking at the ticker. So that's why it was appearing on CNBC at the bottom there. And it was super dramatic. It was like several dollars off, which um, I knew because it was only like an $8 stock that that wasn't a good thing. And I was like, I wonder what's going on that, you know, it's down so big. And sure enough, they warned on the full year. Now it wasn't terrible, but any warning is bad these days, right? But instead of sales being up 36% on the year, suddenly they now expect just 18%. 
And this is all kind of taking place since they last reported earnings in August. Now, they're not expected to report earnings again until November 9th. So I know some people on stock twits were wondering, like, why bother to do it now? Why are you upsetting us in this way? Uh, because the shares were down in the after hours about 40%. And then here the next trading day, as I'm recording this on October 19th, 2022, the shares are actually down 52% um, now that they're open for trading. And they, a lot of companies, you know, decide to do these warnings because something has changed in the business. So they did say they, they have seen slowing on the professional side. Um, also, the U.S. sales appear to have slowed considerably. Europe looks like it's doing pretty well and pretty standard. Their director consumer also looks to be slowing a bit. And um, but retail, that would probably be, I'm assuming, Ulta and Sephora and whatever other stores are selling it at was looking pretty solid. So it wasn't, again, a terrible guidance warning by any means, but they did say they're feeling pressures, competitive pressures. And then just like the consumer is maybe having some uh, not issues, but deciding maybe to hold back on some purchases. We'll find out more on November 9th when they actually report. But for now, we only have this one press release to go off of. But something is clearly going on there in the past two months uh, since they last reported or almost three months now where now they can say things are not going to be as good. But it got me thinking about retail in general when I heard this about Olaplex. So they aren't technically a retailer, although they are online, but they're in all these retail stores and they are, um, you know, one of the bigger brands out there. And it got me thinking, how cheap is any of this retail? Some of it appears to be cheap, like right now, but things can change quickly as an economy slows. You know, uh, I have seen in the past some retailers even, you know, warn and then warn again, even two weeks later when they report earnings, things have, have slid even worse. And so um, you never know what the consumer is doing and how quickly they're going to close their wallet off. So my question to everybody is, do you dare buy any of it ahead of a possible recession in 2023? Is more slowing still to come. So with Olaplex, is this even cheap here? Down 52%. It still had a price to sales ratio of like eight at the time they warned. That's not exactly low. They have a PE of 18, but the estimates are going to be cut. So the PE could actually go up here, even if the shares are down more. Um, unclear. And so none of it looks altogether cheap, like, you know, that they're throwing it out with everything else, the baby with the bathwater kind of scenario. So again, do you dare buy it here? Are any of these true values or should you kind of stay on the sidelines with even the best of the retail and see how it all plays out? So I thought I'd take a look at five of uh, what I consider to be kind of some of my favorite retailers and bellwethers, there's more than just these five. So I did have a hard time, uh, you know, putting out a list. Some of them are about to report earnings. So we're going to get more details and who knows what they're going to say, right? We haven't gotten warnings that I know of from most of these yet, but, and maybe we won't, but 
it still seems a little dicey. So let's uh, let's go on to Zax.com and take a look at some of these. Some I do follow like on a daily stock basis, so I kind of know what they're doing. But I didn't haven't looked at valuations to kind of see what's going on with the valuations on some of these. So let's do it together here on this podcast. So the first one I want to lead off with that I've been tracking for a while is Decker's Outdoor Brands, ticker D-E-C-K. And you might not be familiar with Decker's. I'm sure some of you are like, what's that, Tracy? <laughs> You've never heard of it. But it is UGG, which was their big major brand. I guess it still is. Um, but they now have Hoka 1-1 as well. They also have Teva. They have a couple other brands, but uh, UGG and Hoka 1-1, the huge drivers of the business now, and Hoka is red hot, but UGG always is, especially going into holiday. That's their big time. Um, but what's going on with these shares? I was tracking them through June when you know everything was selling off, and they were looking pretty cheap in June, and I was like, meh. Should I get into this? What you know? Does that further to slide? It was cheap, but not dirt cheap. I think the PE got down to around 17 times, and I was like, eh, in a bigger sell-off, this will probably go down quite a bit. But then we had the rebound off those June lows, and I was, you know, still back to monitoring it. And I have, I have it on my watch list still, but I haven't really tuned in to see what it's done. And surprise, over the last three months, these shares are up 28% now. So someone else is thinking, you know, that this is going to be a real good uh, couple of quarters for Deckers here, especially because it's got those hot brands. And they're willing to dive in here, even ahead of earnings, which are coming on October 27th. So it now trades at nearly 20 times again. That is not cheap to me, possibly going into a recession, but shoes tend to do well in recessions. I'm not saying there won't be a slowdown in the shoe area. There will, but shoes are a little bit easier way to update a wardrobe, and they did do well during the 2008-2009 um, uh, Great Recession because you can tend to buy something a little bit lower cost uh, although Uggs and Hoka's aren't necessarily on the lower end, but still it's an easier way to update the wardrobe. And so people tend to keep buying them. And taking a look at Decker's, uh, everything is holding. There's been no earnings estimates revisions. They're expected to grow earnings this year by 11% and another 17% for next year. This is why I've always liked them. They are a great growth story, but I'm looking for deals and at 20 times, it's just not there. So I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines here with Decker's Outdoor still um, and waiting because that's what value investors do. We wait until it becomes really out of favor. Another one that I wasn't intending to look at, but now I've decided I'm going to that we have talked about on the show before is Crocs, ticker C-R-O-X. And that one did get really cheap in uh, the June, July period. So it sold way down. The insiders were all buying all spring because the numbers were still looking good for Crocs. And it got down to like five times earnings or something. And but it just kept sliding, kept going lower and lower. And insiders kept buying, but it would go lower and they bought again and it would go lower. Then it went around down around $40 
um, I think it was, and then it got the bump off and now that one is up, um, pretty considerable too. And it hasn't gone back. I kind of use it as a bellwether for this stock market sell-off in general, because it did weaken considerably the last big sell-off earlier in the year. And so let me look now what that one is up year to date. Um, Let's see. No, we're still down year to date. Three months is what I want. So it's up 39% during the three month time period. So I knew it was, it was surging. It's up near $80 now. So some of those insiders did real well there. We had it in the insider trader portfolio here at Zaxx, but we bought when they first bought and that was around 70 and then it went to 60 and then it went to 50. We had to get out. We couldn't handle on the short-term portfolio those kinds of crazy downward uh, moves on cracks. But um, for those who did stick it out and uh, were a little bit patient, you have been rewarded. But for how long here? Crocs still remains cheap, though. It's got an 8, eight on the PE, so that's pretty cheap. And let's look at earnings. Still expected to be up 20% this year and another 6% next year. And I'm not seeing any changes to the downside at all. Everybody's just kind of sitting and waiting. They don't report until November 3rd. So we'll find out then. Another one on the shoe side that I really like. Can you see a pattern here? I kind of do like the shoes. Uh, but a lot of them are cheap. And again, they do tend to do well in recessions. So keep that in mind. But another one I like is Boot Barn, ticker B-O-O-T. I bought this one earlier in the year for the value investor portfolio, but we were way too early and the shares were sinking. We had to get out, even though everything, including their guidance and everything, was still solid. But I'm seeing now that earnings expect to be down 1.5% here in 2023. So that is a bit of a change from earlier in the year. Yeah, I see it's down quite a bit from earlier in the year. So things must be slowing there slightly. And maybe the um, guidance just isn't as bullish as what it was. Still cheap at about nine and a half times. And these shares have done the reverse now. They are down 22% in the last three months. So people are souring a bit on the boot barn, but as value investors, that means, you know, we keep it on our watch list. We're, we're checking it out because I still do like the business. So they do sell boots as the name indicates, but they have over 200 stores nationwide. They're big in the South and the Southwest, as you might imagine. They actually sell a lot to like ranchers, like for business reasons, like boots for actually being out on the ranch and doing their jobs. So that's a big part of their business too. Um, but again, they uh, they have a good little business and nobody seems to want it right now. So I will keep this one on my watch list because it is pretty cheap. Year to date, shares are down 55% now. So that's pretty, pretty big sell-off. But still, as I've said, how much more may be to come? We're not even in a recession yet. But how much of the bad news is already getting priced into some of these retailers? We don't know. It could be Olaplex, right? Like good, good one earnings and then suddenly, bam, bad the next as the consumer pulls back. So that's the danger in all of these. I'm not trying to dissuade you from retail. I still like it, as you all know. 
but some of these I'm getting a little bit greedy and I want to get them cheaper. So that would be, that would be a boot barn for me. I'm waiting on the sidelines. Next one on my list is Tapestry. This is the owner of Coach and Kate Spade. Year to date, I see these ones are down 24%, but over the last three months, just down 4%. So they have stabilized here a bit more. They're not still uh, plunging. It does always pay that big dividend. That's what Tapestry is, real good cash flow. 3.8% uh, it's paying. Let's see on Zach's what is happening with those earnings um, because – uh, they're big overseas in Asia, in China. China had the lockdowns from COVID earlier this year. So I was a little dubious on that, but they've seen to, to withstand that. They're trading with a forward P of just eight. So I'm liking that. They're still cheap. They've been cheap for a couple of years. Earnings in this fiscal year, so they're in the middle of the fiscal year now, up about 11%, and then next year up 12%. So, so far, the street is not negative on them. And for, for the most part, in luxury, it's been good times because even inflationary pressures are not slowing the luxury market. Not yet. We've already heard from LVMH. That's the big uh, luxury maker, Louis Vuitton, um, various other big luxury brands. And they had excellent earnings just recently. So they're not really seeing the slowdown. They also own Tiffany's now. I always forget that. They own the Tiffany's, the jewelers, no slowdown there. All of their segments are up. They own Sephora. That was up. Uh, so when I hear that from LVMH, I'm liking it. And big drivers in like North America and people traveling to Europe to buy in Europe for a lot of these luxury makers. So um, am I going to Europe and buying that coach bag because the US dollar is strong? Maybe, so we'll, we'll soon see. Um, but that's Tapestry, TPR is the ticker that on that one. And I thought I'd take a look at Lululemon. I own this one in my own personal portfolio. Every time there's an economic slowdown, whether or not it's the pandemic, whether or not it's the Great Recession, people come out of the woodwork and are like, oh, those $120 yoga pants, who's going to buy those in a recession? That's always the concern with any luxury good. And I would put Lulu a little, it's not mega luxury, but it's on the higher end side of, of the price point. And so you do have to be concerned about, uh, you know, possible slowdown, but they've always defied those critics, even during slowdowns, like people are loyal to the brand. They still will pay the extra money to buy the better quality yoga pants and everything else that they have. Um, they also have a big men's business now, so it's not just women and they've withstood slowdowns in the past. And so far, they seem to be withstanding what's going on in China, which is a big part of their business already now, too. And they uh, haven't seen um, super slowdown there, even with the lockdowns and all of that. And eventually, that business will come back. North America has been strong. Europe has been strong. But again, what will you stop spending on um, when a recession hits? If one hits, we don't know. 
But just looking at their numbers, earnings expected to be up 26% again year to date, and then another 16% next year. That's pretty much in line with what they've been doing the last couple of years, right? Um, all the estimates are up for this year and next year. So none of the analysts are bearish, not yet. But again, that can change quickly as we've seen. I know I keep saying that, but it can. PE though is at 30 times. So it's still pretty pricey, but some people have been buying it at 40 times. So maybe you consider this to be a sale. I'm not adding to any of my position on it here. Um, over the last three months, shares have, have held up and it's up 3.6% during that time period. And year to date, I don't think it's that bad year to date either. Um, well, down about 22% year to date. So it is down, but similar to the S&P 500, which is down, um, oh no, down 24%, but S&P is down 227 now. So it's, it's about in line with the S&P 500, just a little bit lighter than the S&P 500. So on Lulu, I'm waiting on the sidelines on that one too. Um, I don't know for sure what will happen to earnings and sales in the case of an actual recession. Even though it will hold up, I believe, better than some of the other retailers in terms of its business, um, nobody can hold up you know, perfectly when the economy slows. That's just how it works. So uh, this is one I'm just, again, I have on my watch list and we'll see what happens with it. But it's not cheap here. And that's Lululemon, L-U-L-U. And then I wanted to look on the home side because with those mortgage rates now up over 7 Things are really being thrown for a loop in housing, and that includes home remodeling, which is Home Depot. So Home Depot, I always called it the beast. It's one of the few on the retail side that I call that, but it is just had a phenomenal record, and certainly during the pandemic, it did. But now uh, money's more expensive. People aren't moving as much. But what will that mean for a company like Home Depot? Maybe I won't move my house, so that means I will remodel my kitchen, but only if I'm you know, still employed and working and feel okay about my job will I do it. So there's all these things up in the air. Um, so we're not totally sure what's going to be happening with Home Depot. Year to date, it's down 33%, uh, but it had been fairly pricey. So I'm not surprised. And this is maybe bringing it back down to earth a bit from the pandemic gains. Three months, it's down, but only 6.5%. So maybe some of the the panic has been priced in and maybe it's cheap now. I'm looking on Zex.com. Well, it has a forward P of 17 times now. That's, that's not as bad as what I remember it being up over 20 during the pandemic. But looking at growth, so 2022 this year, or fiscal 2023, they are looking at 7% on earnings and another 4% next year. So they are a little bit slower growth company. That's why I've always kind of stayed on the sidelines with Home Depot. It always felt a little too pricey for me as a value investor because I'm only getting the 7% growth. So do I really want to pay 17 times to get that 7% even for the beast of the retailers? I, I say no, which is maybe why it's down 33%. Other people are now saying no too. And we'll see with inflationary pressures 
and supply chain issues and now the possibility of uh, fewer homes being built, fewer kitchens going to have to go into those new homes. All these things are going to go on because remember, Home Depot and Lowe's has a big professional contractors business. It's not just you and I going in there, right? They do have professionals using it as well. So um, I see no changes to the earnings for this year. There are two that are cut in the last 60 days for next year, but that seems a little far in the future to be determining what's going to happen for next year already. Um, but we'll see. So estimates are, are still relatively bullish there and holding up for this year. But as we've seen with Olaplex, it can change pretty quickly. So there's other retailers I like just as much as many of these. You know me, retail is a fun area for me, a good sector. And I like to look at it to determine what's going on out there in the economy. And there's always a lot of growth with the names. Peter Lynch, the famous Fidelity Magellan mutual fund manager from the 1970s, I guess it is, and 80s. He actually retired in the 90s, uh, but he's considered to be one of the top mutual fund managers ever, has said about retail, which he also liked quite a bit, that... Um, it takes a long time to expand from coast to coast. Now, that was at a time when it was brick and mortar, right? You had to build the stores and expand. And he had been at Home Depot originally in the 1970s when it was a local Atlanta store. Some you know, friend told him, hey, you should go check out this chain down there. They're doing some good things. And he went down there. He loved it. It did go public in the 1970s. He bought some, I think, under a dollar or something it was trading at because, remember, equities were dead in the 1970s. You can make 15% in a CD why, or even a savings account. You can make double digits. Why would you go buy a stock that probably at that time did not pay a dividend and was relatively risky? Like, why would you even go into that? You wouldn't. You would just buy the CD and live it up. So that's why all those stocks were cheap in the 1970s. Will we see this cheapness again here in this kind of inflationary environment? I don't know, but to get there, that means Home Depot is going to have to sell off quite a bit more to get cheaper than the 17 times. So that's my fear with a lot of these stocks is that it simply isn't going to be uh, cheap enough, even with the growth trajectory that some of these have, and some do have much bigger growth, because I probably can say that many of you have never been in a boot barn. I have not, even though I've been in parts of the country that have boot barn stores. I should go to one the next time I'm there. Um, but you know, if you've never heard of it, I've never been in it, that means it could be coming to a town near you sometime in the next few years. So that's why I still like the retailers. Yes, they have online sales, but brick and mortar is still a thing. 80% of all retail sales still are happening in brick and mortar stores. And after the pandemic and stores reopened, people rediscovered a joy of actually shopping in the stores. They were denied it for a year or 18 months and they really wanted to just be out in the world and talking with humans and interacting uh, outside of their homes. And that is where retail became fun again. And the stores are still an experience and a place to be, especially for a lot of these um, companies. 
So um, still a good story. And Peter Lynch would still, I'm hoping, like a lot of these retailers, but we don't know what might be on the horizon, at least the near term, three months, six months out. So I'm on the sidelines with a lot of these and I'm waiting to see if there's any more Olaplex type moments where there's an earnings or, you know, some kind of guidance warning and the stock uh, reprices itself for the new reality. Uh, maybe some of these will not have such a thing. And then they truly are, you know, diamonds in the rough if they're, um, you know, killing it or <laughs> crushing it during the slowing economic conditions. So keep these things in mind with retail. It's hard to pick out the value uh, here right now, even with the cheap PEs, but um, keep them on your watch list. That's what I do. And I'm waiting to see um, if I can get them, you know, even on a deeper value, then that's where the bonus will come in for us. So let me recap the stocks I talked about on this episode. So there was Olaplex, but it's still looking kind of expensive here. Even with this pullback, I'm still watching it because I still do like the product and I like their margins and I want to see how they do do during this uh, kind of slowing period. And so I'm keeping it on. The ticker is OLPX with that one. O is in um, Owen, L is in Larry, P is in Paul, X is in X-ray. Then I talked about Deckers. This is UG, ticker D-E-C-K. Then I threw in Crocs because why not? They're cheap and we all love to hate them, right? But they're selling a ton of shoes right now. So ticker is C-R-O-X with cracks, not C, X as an X-ray. And then I talked about Boot Barn. That ticker's easy to remember, B-O-O-T. And then we switched over to handbags with tapestry and various other things, shoes and various other accessories. Tapestry, ticker TPR, that's Coach and Kate Spade, and a few others. I forget what their other brands are off the top of my head. Um, but that's the luxury side. So uh, luxury's holding up so far. Then we had Lululemon also on the luxury-ish side. L-U-L-U -L -U is the ticker, but a little too pricey for me here to add more to my position. And Home Depot looking more interesting after being down 33% year to date. But what is happening with housing with those Mortgage rates up over 7% and the consumer getting a little more conservative here, going to probably spend less on their home now. And let's be honest, we all bought the outdoor furniture during the pandemic, right? So do we need to buy it again? Maybe not. So Home Depot, I'll be interested in their earnings report that's coming up soon. Ticker is HD on that one. H is in Harry, D is in David. And as always, I'm trying to bring you as many value stocks as I can every week and things that are going on in the value sector. And there is a lot going on, as you can tell from this episode. So be sure to subscribe to get us every week. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Spotify. We're also on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge, where I'm also bringing you stocks and ETFs. And then also on Amazon Music. But be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value.
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify I've described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.